You are listening to the Think Brick Australia podcast. Think Brick Australia represents the clay, brick and paver manufacturers of Australia. Brick by Brick, our podcast will discuss technical information and architectural case studies with special guests. I'm your host, Elizabeth McIntyre, the CEO of Think Brick Australia. Well, we're back for part two with Noah Whitaker, our most popular non-architect we've ever had on our series. Welcome, Noel. It's great to be back, Elizabeth. Great to be back with you. Now, what I was thinking of for this particular episode, because in our first episode on all the tips, we looked at sort of generally wealth and, and what to do there. But obviously, we've got a lot of our audience who are either planning for a renovation or they're saving up for their first home. And I just wondered, what are the, some of the things that people could consider in, in today's environment about that? I think the first thing needs a goal because goals drive you. If you're saving for your first home, work out exactly what you want to spend, then make a plan to get that. Then every day do something towards that. Mm, it's, the, it's the goal that drives you. I mean, when we were paying off our first home, I had the bank statement pinned to the back of the pantry. If I went to the pantry, I'd see the bank statement. It's got to be your main focus because mm. there's so many distractions. And, and you probably can't afford the avocado on toast if your goal is <laughs> to save a house deposit. Yeah. I know. So it's a matter of you've got to do a budget, and that budget's got to include the savings you need. And it works for everyone who does it. Mm. And so let's just say we've got our goal, we've got our deposit, or we've saved up, I guess, enough for if it's a renovation, for example. Yep. What tips would you would you give there? Because renovations are tricky. Well, what you're faced with is that all the lenders have different rules. Mm. And that varies from bank to bank. I suggest a good mortgage broker can go through and explain the different lenders to you and make sure you qualify because mm. you don't want a whole stack of rejections on your credit file. Mm. So you start with a goal, then you, you work out the kind of lender you want uh, and then work out – and don't forget, the, it all takes time. It takes time to save a deposit. Mm. It takes time to get approval. There'll be holdups with banks – so the more you can prepare for that, the more likely it's going to be a smooth journey. Would you suggest starting to look at mortgage brokers and banks, though, whilst you're trying to attain your goal, just so you know, you know exactly how the land is lying? The more information you can get, the more you'll be focused on your goal. Mm. See, that goal should become your number one. Mm. So while you're checking out what to do, checking out plans, working on your savings, all that makes that your dominant thought. So now just thinking about it, what are, and, and I know that we heard about some of your forays into property, yes. but when you, knowing obviously that you've been giving advice for a long time, what are some of the key red flags that you see when, when people are buying their first property? And the second part of the question is, or doing their renovations? I think if they're buying a property, they don't do the research. Mm -hmm. They don't take the time. They rush in and jump in. They believe the press which is usually wrong. Mm -hmm. I mean, you need to find out where you want to go is the first thing, location. Mm. And location should be the number one factor when you are buying your home because its location will, will be the main driver of capital gain. Mm. It's also the best way to enjoy the home. So location should be first. 
the trick is a better location and a lesser house is better than a better house in a bad location. Mm. It's the worst house on the best street. Always. Yep. Always. And, and, you know, if you look long term, you want to find a house to which you can add value. Mm. So if you buy a brand new home that some builders built, there's no value out there. Mm. So you've got to be looking for something to which you can add value and always know why the vendor wants to sell. What's the vendor's motivation? Because it tends to be death or divorce or disease or transfer or financial strife. Mm. So once you know the, the, the motivation, then you can work out how to catch the offer. That's a great tip. Now, when you talk about doing your research and just going around location, what what would you what would you recommend on that? Are you suggesting visit 100 houses in the area? What method do you use? I had a friend who was a top real estate person in her area. She said, I know every single house that's for sale and what's been sold. You've really got to know what's selling, mm. what has sold, how's the markets going? Because markets can be quiet, they can be booming. Mm. And when you're planning for, obviously, the goal firstly, but then how are you going to finance it? What? How do you suggest, I mean, obviously we're just in a period where interest rates have started to rise. Yes. What's your advice on the buffer to put in? I think, well, A, that all the lenders now are required to have a buffer. Mm. I think they're now qualifying at around 4.5% or 5%. Okay. You can go to my website and go to the loans calculator and they will let you know what the repayments are on the loan you want to get. Mm. So you need to check out, A, where you want to be. Mm. Then by doing your research, check if you can afford to be there. If you tick those two things, well, then the next thing is how do I finance it? Okay, and so now let's just say you're in a house that you want to improve and you've got your architect and you've got a budget. And I know that you mentioned a lot of the different lenders have different rules around that. Yes. But just in terms of budgeting for a renovation, what do you have any advice on that? Well, Particularly, it's, sorry, for people that have never done it before. It's extremely difficult in these days of rising costs. Mm. That's the problem. Uh, I don't know, to be honest. I mean, with costs going up so quickly, with builders going broke, mm. I mean, the first goal is to get a builder who can finish it because mm. you don't want a broke builder in the middle of the job. No. And they're, and they're hard to find. And then I was just thinking, I just wondered whether I could get your view on, obviously builders work on progress payments. And, I mean, I yes. speak from experience because oh, yeah. I remember getting to I think 80% of progress payments and then realising that there was more than 20% of the work that needed to be done to be yep. finished. Yes. Do you have any um, advice on on that side of things? Well, the normally it's the lender's job to assess the progress payment. Yes. And, of course, there's been troubles now because the builder can't get to stage one because he can't get the roof on. Mm. You know, you really got to have a good relationship between the builder and yourself. You, you know, it's got to be a win-win. Mm. I mean, these are very tough conditions, but Elizabeth, extremely tough. Mm. So would you suggest at the moment trying to find the right place and then leaving it a little bit before the renovations start? I would think that this lack of supply is somewhat temporary. Yep. I would also think as interest rates rise, it might soften a bit. Mm. So I would think... 
better to wait, I think, but who knows? Some of the best advice I'd receive from you is also once you have your home loan, looking at what you need to do to pay it off within the 10 years. Yes. And then also putting your money into other streams so you're diversifying. So could you just um, talk that through, repeat that advice that you've given me? Okay, well, to get your mortgage to a 10-year term, Mm. It's ten dollars for every thousand you borrow. So if you borrow four hundred thousand dollars, and you can afford four thousand dollars a month, then the loan will be paid off in about nine and a half years with minimal interest. Mm. And making bigger payments doesn't save much interest. Because that's, I think, was always the thing is like pay your mortgage down, pay your mortgage down. And then what I've learned from you is that's not necessarily the best well, scenario. It's get your mortgage under control. I mean, mm. you don't want a 30-year mortgage. because On a 30-year mortgage, after 10 years, you paid nothing back. Mm. But on the 10-year mortgage with that $10 a thousand, in 10 years it's paid off. Mm. And then what, what advice do you give to people that draw down against their mortgage for like a renovation or what? I've got no trouble with that at all. No, yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. As long as the renovation doesn't get out of control, what you don't want is costs going crazy. Mm. That's a nightmare. It is hard to predict in this current market though, isn't it? I mean, I think there's an old rule saying times two times to add one for time to yes. take into completed and budget. But it gets away. I mean, my, yep. my wife said to me, recently, I think we need a new carpet in the main bedroom. I mm. said, yes, that means new curtains. Okay. Now, we can't have a new curtain and new carpet without the new bathroom. Yep. We can't have different bathrooms. So suddenly the carpets became carpets, curtains, and two bathrooms. And that's what you got to watch. And that happens to most people. And what do you think, Noel, just in terms of like improving a property? You've mentioned before in our last podcast that you, and just in this one, that you really recommend people buying land or a property uh, as opposed to a unit because you can make more improvements to a property. Well, a unit, you can't see that the key is to add value. Mm. How do you add value to a unit? Mm. All it does is get older while better ones are being built around it. Mm. And the big thing these days with units is, where will you charge your electric vehicle? Mm. In 10 years, we'll all be driving EVs. Yep. Most apartment blocks don't cater for it. It's becoming a huge issue everywhere. Yep, absolutely. So in a property and adding value to it, what have you seen is the best place to add that value? Well, you, you add it cheaply, I think. Mm. And of course, if you're handy, the more you do yourself, the better. You know, the more you can do yourself. But I think a garden doesn't cost much. Okay. You can do cheap alterations to it. Mm. There are ways if you're smart to do it. Mm. Add a balcony or something. Okay. I'm not a handyman. But what you don't want to do is overcapitalize it. Okay. You don't want it suddenly to be the most expensive house in the street. Yep. That's great advice. Now, you've mentioned, Noel, not to overcapitalise, yes. but are there any other subtle dangers that people need to think about? Well, A, obviously floods. Yep. But also, where's the suburb going? Mm-hmm. I mean, our daughter bought a nice suburban street with lovely old homes. All of a sudden, one by one, they're knocked down for unit blocks, mm-hmm. the last thing they wanted. 
So they moved to acreage. Mm. So get a get a feeling of where the suburb goes. And of course, a major feature is facilities. Mm. Are you near a train station? Are you near a bus line? Are you near a shopping centre? Comes back to the location. Yeah, and these days with petrol going up, I mean, people don't want to drive 50 miles to the shop. Mm. And what are you seeing now, like in one of your updates, you talked about obviously what was happening in the world and some of the, we've already touched on a little bit of the supply chain issues. What does your outlook look like for the next 12 to 18 months amongst the uncertainty? What do you think people need to be wary of in their finances? I think we have always had uncertainty, mm-hmm. always. But I always say that if you control what you can control, you shouldn't need to worry too much. You can control your budget. Mm-hmm. You can control your spending. Uh, you know, you can do your research. I mean, no one knows what's happening in Ukraine yep. or on Wall Street, mm. you know or the price of oil, or gold, or Bitcoin. (laughs) So focus on what you can control. Too many people focus on what they can't. Mm. They watch the news at night time and panic. You just hang on to your course. Mm. You know, think of your goals and just step after step after step. Mm. How can I still make compounding work for me? Because with the value of compounding is huge. How do you still make it work in a small way? Well, if you've got the house, Mm -hmm. then that value is compounding. Yep. That's the first thing. Mm -hmm. Secondly, if you've got superannuation, which you would have, that's compounding too. Yep. The only way to speed things up is to borrow for investments then. Okay. Talk Uh, us through that one. Okay. Well, I think a good way for most people is once your house is under, once your mortgage is under control, and that's my $10, a thousand a month rule. So, you know, half a million dollar mortgage, 5,000 a month. What's under control and your debt's right down, I'd suggest a loan against the property to buy an index share fund. Mm-hmm. Now, 100,000 will return you an income of about 4.5, so it should be self supporting. Mm-hmm. The index can't go broke. Yep. It's average 9%. For 120 years. Anybody can do it. Yep. Which means it should double every eight years. And if I remember correctly as well, if you actually put that as an investment loan, you can offset that. Is that? Oh, yes. Always keep your investment borrowing separate. Separate. Yep. Oh, yes. yes Is yes, there yes. any value, Noel, to putting aside like $50 a month in a compounding bank account? Or would you advise well, with everything else going on? We could use something like RAISE, R-A-I-Z, which is great. Yes. But I think one of the tricks is that far too many people, they buy the house and they work to pay it off. Yes. Then it's paid off, whack, I want to keep it and buy another one and I'll move to it. But the debt's gone. Mm. So much better off to put the spare money in the offset account. Yes. So if you've got, a, say, an $800,000 house with a $500,000 loan, instead of having it paid off, have the half a million bucks in the offset account, mm. then when you want to build your dream home, you take the money out of the offset account for your dream home, leaving the whole interest tax deductible. That makes perfect sense. Yes. 
And just going back to what we started on, Noel, because I did, it was remiss of me to ask you to give the example. We talked around once you've got your mortgage under control, looking at paying it off in a decade. And I know you've got a great example of what that means from a wealth perspective. Can you walk us through that one? If, If we've figure out the minimum amount of payments that we need to do over the 10 years. And then now we start putting that that excess payment into some shares. Yes, we'll see. Yep. Once we find out that we can keep our mortgage payments going, once that $10 a, a month is what we can do, mm-hmm. if we've got $1,000 over a month, we can use that for the interest on a loan for those shares. And that's tax deductible. And that's also then building up a, a compounding wealth in sure, addition to your house. Sure. Yeah. And but I think the the yield on the shares will be more than the interest, which is which is even good. You get a bonus, <laughs> and you just keep investing it. Now, superannuation is a hot topic at the moment, and obviously, it's always a hot topic. Well, I guess I think it is for the younger generation. You're right; it is a hot topic. But I do wonder. Just with regards to some of our younger audiences, just I know because you've done a lot on superannuation and really for people that are in my age group and a little bit older, but what would you say to sort of more of our younger audience about superannuation? Well, I think that you should focus elsewhere. Okay. And the reason being that you can't touch it till you're 60. The laws will change it. In that time, mm-hmm. I'd be focusing on your own home and building an investment portfolio outside super. Do you think it matters what super? Do you think it matters what superannuation fund you're in when you're young? Like, does that really? It massively matters because okay. how how long, how much your super grows to mm. uh, depends entirely on the rate you get. And the crap funds might be giving you 3%. Mm. The good funds will average 8%. So we should be looking at what the average of the fund is doing, even when we're young. We must ensure we get the best rate possible from the first day. Yep. Now, this doesn't turbocharge our savings. No. It also turbocharges our knowledge. Yes. Because we're learning to watch our super. Yes. One of the major findings of the Cooper reported to super was 80% of Australians are disengaged. You've got to get engaged. Well, that's, I think, where I was coming from. Yes. And I agree what, I agree with what you're saying. There are other things to concentrate on. But yeah. I also think you do need to watch it, you know, at the start because what happens then is you get 10 years down the track and you realise you were getting a 4 or 5% return when you could have been getting a lot more. And that builds up massively over time because of compounding. Mm. And also, do you need insurance in there? Maybe yes, maybe no. What type of insurance? Well, life insurance. Mm. I mean, life insurance is for the breadwinner with the family, basically. If you're two singles, you know, and then you both work, what's the insurance for? Mm. Now, once you get the house mortgage, of course, yes. Mm. And just your advice on, I mean, I'm assuming that... I'm sure everyone's aware that with less than a 20% deposit, then they are required to take out insurance on their house. You mean mortgage insurance? Mortgage insurance, yes. But if you've got a nice parents who are happy to help you with this, you can eliminate mortgage insurance. But don't you advise against that? For no, some? no, 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 no. <laughs> Look, if, 
they're good kids yep. and they've saved the 10% deposit. Mm -hmm. The parents got off for a second mortgage over their own home only for the difference and that gets rid of mortgage insurance. That's right. Not going guarantor though. I think that's where I was I leaning. don't mind guarantor but just don't get your name on the title deed yep. because then you've, got, then you've got a capital gains tax issue. Can you just talk about that very briefly? I see it over and over and over. Daughter wants a house. We put our names on the deed so she could have a loan. The house is now doubled. We want to transfer it to her because it's hers. Massive capital gains tax bill because you're a part owner and you weren't living in it. Mm. So that's huge. Mm. Go as guarantor if you want to. Mm -hmm. Put a mortgage over your house, limited yep. to, to a certain amount, fine. And that'll get rid of the mortgage insurance if they're good kids. It's got to be a hand up. It shouldn't be a handout. And that gets rid of mortgage. A mortgage insurance could be 15, 20 grand, you know. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's great advice. Yeah. Thank you. So, Noel, I know that you're working on another project for young people, which we'll have to obviously come back and interview you again on. Love to. <laughs> but what would be the number one recommendation for our youthful audience in terms of their financial success? The key thing is spend less than you earn. And that puts you in the top 10% of young people. Because most people fall for buy now, pay later, and they fall for credit cards, and they never get going. And they end up on a treadmill of debt. Well, Noel, it's been another wonderful session. It's always a pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> and we look forward to part three as soon as that next okay. book is finished. That's going to be about 10 weeks, I think. Just remind us, Noel, where can everyone go? It'll be in the show notes, but where can they go for these wonderful resources that you offer all for free? On the website, noelwhitaker.com.au. noelwhitaker.com.au. Noel, thank you very much. Thanks, Elizabeth. If you have enjoyed this podcast, please follow, rate and review our podcast. We are always looking for new ways to think brick. If you have an idea of what you'd like to hear about, there's a link in our show notes to let us know.